When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Navigation system. Please say a command. On. Ignition. Powered. Seatbelts. Fastened. Shift. Drive. Twin City sports fans, hold on tight. Live from the TCL Broadcast Studios, this is The Ride with Royce. Uh, We just got the news uh, while we were signing off uh, last night that uh, two Timberwolves were going to the All-Star Game. Carl Anthony Towns, of course, and Jimmy Butler. And only the third time in franchise history. 2002, Zerbiak and Kevin. Yep. And 2004, Sammy and Kevin. Why did I think Gugliotta and Garnett went the oh, same year? They, they did. They did. Oh, uh, 2007, Garnett oh, really? and Gugliotta made it, yeah. Googs were still here then? Yeah. Well, no, it was like in the late 90s, wasn't okay. it? When they no, were? it was 97 because that game oh, was in Cleveland. Because there was yeah. a year that... Um, oh, 97, okay. It was the year Four they did the, the NBA at 50, 50 yeah. greatest players thing. Okay, all right, excuse me. I missed, I, I, I read something that this was only the third time. Okay, think. okay. So and so I went back to look when Wally went. Yep. Garnett went with him, right? Yep. yep. Yeah, it wasn't Wally going by himself. He didn't punch him in that all game, did he? Garnett didn't no. punch Wally in that <laughs> no, one? No, I didn't, uh, I don't think so. Uh, but uh, that's pretty good. And tonight, they play the the uh, Trailblazers, and the Trailblazers got to be mad at them, right? The Trailblazers they've they've beaten them a couple of times this yeah. year, and uh, the uh, Wolves uh, trail the all time series against Portland seventy nine to thirty three. Oh, including forty four to twelve in Portland. In Portland, yeah, they've I was just going to ask 12. what the record wow. in Portland was. Uh, the it's home not been team, a kind place. The to- home team has won five consecutive games between Minnesota and Portland. But here's the news. If somehow, without Jimmy Butler, the Timberwolves were to win tonight, they would exceed last season's victory total Holy at the 50-game mark. Yep. They are 31-18. and 18. So uh, uh, still in good shape. But uh, third straight game, Butler's going to miss. I'm getting nervous that there might be something in there. Have we MRI'd that thing? Well, he's it's a knee. What do we think? Spring yeah, knee. What? He's he's. If you look at the last couple of years, he's he's had some seasons where he's missed, you know, seven, eight, mm-hmm. nine games and whatnot. So I don't know if 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 we get to the All Star break and he still hasn't played a game, then I'd really be worried. And uh, would this uh, be possible that he's going to? Uh, when is the All Star game? Week after the Super Bowl, right? Uh, it is like the middle of February. Oh, I want to well, say it's like the well, they, second. They can't or third. be holding him out though. Then until the in the until the All Star game. That's uh, right. That's for sure. But uh, the Timberwolves uh, 
Two All-Stars. Hey, hooray. That's tough in the West. Yes, it is. It. Uh, I mean, uh, there was uh, guys that uh, they were having a big campaign for uh, guys. Hey, I didn't. Did both New Orleans guys make it or just? They're, uh, they're both starting. Yeah, right? they're both starting. Cousins and uh, cousins Davis and, uh, and Davis. Yeah. You know how thick it is in the West when Russell Westbrook is a reserve. Yeah, he was last year too. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Steph, Steph and Harden started over him, and Russ ended up getting the MVP. The All Star game is February eighteenth. Okay. Well, uh, it two is, weeks after the Super Bowl. It is. Yeah, uh, uh, that's a, that's pretty good. You get two All Stars in the West. This is uh, this team is semi for real. Semi for real. Well, when I you're yeah, say. they're third in the West. I think that that's legitimate. T- mm-hmm. Tied with the Spurs. For tied third tied in the with West. the Spurs. Yep. Okay. Yep. Because yep. uh, the Spurs beat the lowly. Cleveland Cavaliers last night. Right? Yes, they did. LeBron James went over 30,000 points, but he still lost. Took yeah. the time to congratulate are, himself they, on Instagram. They are not guarding anybody. No, they're not. They, 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 they've they, got the worst. They've got the worst perimeter defending guard I have ever seen in my life, Isaiah Thomas. And he is a terrific off, offensive player, but he cannot guard anybody in this league at all. Carl Anthony Towns is 22, and he makes the All-Star team. How old was KG when he made it the first time? Uh, it was his second year. Oh, really? Not so that, he was that year younger, probably a year younger than he Yeah, he might have been 21. 20, 21, yeah. 21. So, are we still mad at him? He's a 22-year-old All-Star. Uh, got a chance to be the best player in franchise history. Are we still mad at him because he likes the Eagles? I didn't know we were mad. Oh, because, oh, because of the Eagles thing. The Eagles. Oh, okay, we're okay. mad at him. He uh, did uh, turn it around in a hurry. Uh, yeah. About six weeks into this season, you're saying, what the hell is going after on that, here? After that loss to Philadelphia where right, Joel MB. Embiid put the Instagram post up and clowned mm-hmm. him on his defense, he's been, he's been I, really good defensively What I do sense. like about the uh, the Viking fans, uh, belittle Eagle fans so much, there was a bunch of Viking fans sending out, Joel Embiid is your daddy and stuff like that to... Carl Anthony Towns, even though the hometown guy, because he wanted the Eagles to win. <laughs> like as he's, I said, he's from New Jersey, people. Yes, of course, yes. he's going to be an Eagles fan. Leave him alone. Yes, as I said, the uh, you know Tyus Jones. Would have we been upset if we found out that if if our boys were playing the Panthers and and he was playing down at Duke, if they, if he wanted the Panthers to beat the Vikings, yes, we'd be upset, right? <laughs> yeah, people are. Football fans are uh, can get a little carried away about the loyalty they demand from their uh, from their people because I, uh, they, these these people are from out of town. You know, right. they, they're they not. Didn't they didn't. Up here. They didn't. Bo- they weren't born in Richfield. No, no. Uh, I just pulled up Kevin Garnett's um, basketball reference page and mm-hmm. didn't realize just how much money he made in his uh, long and oh, successful yeah, close, career. Close to What's close to four hundred million. Like three hundred and forty three million dollars. Yeah. Is that the most ever? It's I, I who would have made more? Because he was the first one that signed the mega contract, which changed the st- salary yes. structure. Well, I of the remember league. when he when he turned down a hundred and three. I remember I might have written a column somewhat critical of no uh, him. what the hell you is he th- no what way the hell does he think he's worth? And then about two weeks later, he got a hundred and twenty. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Didn't he like get hundred and twenty the first deal. One hundred twenty six. One hundred twenty six. I think for six years. Yeah, he turned down 103, and we said, wow, what the hell's wrong with you? How can you turn down 103 million? You aren't that good. Yeah. it. Uh, I think right now it might be the richest the richest contract in history. It'll be surpassed eventually because Steph's current deal and yeah. Harden's got a new deal yeah. and all that yeah. stuff. But, yeah, 
Uh, according to Business Insider, Kevin Garnett is the highest. He barely edged out Kobe, who made just shy of $330 million. Okay. And Shaq is right behind those two. Well, uh, But LeBron might pass them, right? Well, LeBron... Took a little I mean, less in yeah, Miami, didn't well, he? And, and LeBron, for a long time, even though he was the best player in the league, I mean, he still is the best player in the league. He's been the best player in the league for a decade, and hes I don't think he's ever been the highest-paid player in any in any of those seasons. But he was the last guy to come come into the league right out of high school. Uh, no, there were a few more. There were more for a few years. Well, I guess my, my point being that he had has more earning years than a lot of well, other guys. Kobe yeah. came the year after him. Yeah, true. I mean, and the two greatest out of high school players of all time came back to back. Hope they can make it, man. That's Ooh. right. Hey, uh, when we come back, you know, a lot of people have had to go back and relive a very sad moment in Viking history this week. Sunday's loss, humiliating, disgusting, pathetic, gutless 38-7 to loss to uh, the Vikings. But we can go back and look at something that we can be more proud of when we get uh, when we get back. Well, uh, 2005 was certainly an interesting year in Viking history. Uh, they, uh, we had the um, Mike Tice involved in the ticket scalping for yep. the Super Bowl mm-hmm. uh, news story. That hit kind of early in the year, as I recall, February, January, February, sometime like that. Then we had the uh, early summer, I believe it was, when we found about uh, out about Ontario Smith and the original Wizenator. Who he's holding for his cousin. Yes, his cousin Bill, who was uh, really close cousins, because, uh, you know, he said, hey, go over to my apartment, and that bottom <laughs> drawer there, there's this phony penis. Can you pick it up for me and uh, bring it through the airport? Uh, that, that's close cousin. How right? big was the smile on your face <laughs> when you heard that story? Well, it was great, because I told you that many times the boss called me, and explained it to me and asked if I wanted to write a column, and I said, I'll pay you $500 to write that column. (laughs) But nothing quite topped the love boat. Oh, God, the love boat. The love boat boat was fantastic, (laughs) and my favorite moment of the love boat is the quotes were great afterwards, but my favorite moment was Steve Smith rowing the boat in the end zone in Charlotte. (laughs) That was was, uh, unbelievable. But... uh, I guess Barstool, Barstool Sports has come up with a documentary on it. They sure have. And uh, Freddie Smoot broke his silence, although I don't think he ever had silence. No, in right? fact, he's a radio host in the D.C. area, or he's doing some type of media work, mm-hmm. Freddie Smoot is. Hmm. So what do we have from Freddie? So Freddie, uh, a few of the former Vikings were interviewed for what I'm sure is the the lead-up to Minneapolis hosting Super Bowl 52. Do we still have to bring in the strippers from Atlanta, or do we have our own strippers? Well, see, now, Freddie, the the strippers was a key (laughs) part of the Barstool documentary, and and Freddie uh, addresses that in this clip right here. We had $80,000, all right? $80,000 for one night, one party. They used to throw the party at a club. Well, the club closed. So I came up with the idea. Yeah, I guess the mastermind. I like, how about, you know, it is the land of 10,000 lakes. How about we rent a boat? Probably 55 girls from all over the United States. New York, Florida, Miami, LA, Texas. So it ended up being a limo train of around 27 limos and limo buses. You would have thought the president was moving at this time. 
these girls, of course they were scrippers. Let's be honest about this. Like, they, they, they were scrippers. They were working girls. And I didn't like how the media tried to twist it and use the awful word of prostitute because they're two different things, okay? <laughs> these were working girls. <laughs> well, hey, and, <laughs> the difference is a lot. At the end of the day, one is a little bit more tasteful than the other one, right? <laughs> God bless you, Fred Smoot. What? Oh. Uh, he said 55? Yep. 55 ladies, he came in. So they weren't just out of the gold club in Atlanta. They were from all, all over, over the right. country. All all equal the opportunity country. is That's what right. the love boat but was. Of course, uh, all people covering the Vikings. Remember the greatest quote in the history of the franchise, Matt Burke saying, what's wrong with our strippers? Right. <laughs> you know, why do we have to go out of town? Let's, you know. Why didn't we get our own strippers? Uh, the, you know, that was the big hidden part of this whole story that was never really written at the time or reported at the time. This was an annual event, mm -hmm. as Freddie points out. And they would take over a club downtown. Any It wasn't necessarily a club that closed. There were all other restaurants, and they'd take them over and Pay off everybody to keep their the mouth wait shut. Staff to keep their mouth shut. They, you know, and they, you know, they. This the rookies paid for this during bye week, mm -hmm. and they basically stole eighty thousand dollars from the rookies. And I guess even if you didn't party, you had to you, pay. You basically had yeah. to donate. So, uh, why they decided to go on the water? Now he said the club that they favored closed. We could go back and look and see which club closed in uh, 2005, but this had been going on for years. It's just, you know, if somebody hadn't gone out and peed behind a tree, we would have never known, oh right? Oh, my God. Didn't, the, didn't some gal call the cops and then somebody from one of the local TV stations, Nine or somebody, found out about <laughs> Exactly. It? That's exactly what mm -hmm. happened. Uh, Freddie Smoot also talked about the police report. Uh, for the love boat. Mm -hmm. When we read the police report, no questions came up about it in the locker room. Did hits action happen? And let's just say guys just smiled. I, I, I don't know what truly happened, but down south, it's no offense. We call that just running through the okra patch. I don't know if you've ever been barefooted and running through an okra patch. You know how slimy that feels? It's what you're thinking in your head. I, it's a very slimy situation that's just hard to get yourself out of. That's why it's called running through the okra patch. Running through the okra patch. Oh, my God. Uh, well, Freddy, Freddy, Freddy. Yeah. Oh, my God. He's having the time of his life talking about this. Oh, he wants this documentary to happen. Are you kidding me? And he, he pretty much uh, confirms that he... He arranged it, huh? Oh yeah, he, he was no. It Patrick, was his idea to go. He on was the, the as he had said earlier. He was the mastermind. <laughs> 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 yeah, that might have been the end of Ticey when he decided to bring in Fred oh, in an act yeah. of desperation. And you knew in his opening remarks at his introductory press conference, seventy-five percent of the world is covered by water; the rest is covered by Fred Smith. <laughs> <laughs> That's when we knew we had a treat on our hands. <laughs> Well, uh, yeah, the uh, love boat, and of course the famous, the late great Gene Harrington. Uh, when we when we got it, finally came out of the bye week. The story had broken, and Dante Dante was you know the public didn't know how much Dante liked female companionship. Right, right. the public wasn't mm -hmm. aware of this. They just thought he was a nice guy, and he was a nice guy. He just liked girls, and uh, he was. Uh, 
going to do his weekly press conference. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the every TV station had a news reporter out there in addition to the sports reporters, mm-hmm. you know, ready to go This was after a big him. deal. Yeah, Leiden out there with his blood coming off his teeth, you know, <laughs> ready to go after him. And Gino gets the first question and famously said, uh, Dante, do you want to talk about what happened last week or do you want to talk about the Bears? And everybody in the room said, Gene! And Dante says, I want to talk about the Bears. <laughs> <laughs> Then of course the TV guys weren't going to put the oh the, no the TV yeah. guys weren't going to put hold up for that. Didn't they he have going didn't, after? Didn't Dante also have the famous quote where uh, they, he was asked about the girls and it might have been at that press conference might have been a different one and he said I was just in the corner shaking dice. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was, or I was gambling. He said something to that. Well, wasn't effect. Robert Smith's famous quote was sex? No, Mawaldi Moore. That was Mawaldi Moore. Mawaldi Moore. Mawaldi Moore is like he said something like I'm married, man. None of that. I don't think. I don't think uh, Robert was on the... No, Robert was, was long retired yeah, by think, then. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yes, he was long retired. Yeah. Mawaldi Moore. Sex. Now, here's the quote. I have the oh, quote right ahead. here. Mawaldi yes. Moore. This is on the Wikipedia page because yeah. this whole thing has a Wikipedia page, which is incredible. Moore admitted to being on the boat, but he claimed that, quote, nothing happened. Asked if he saw strippers or sex on his boat. Moore quickly replied, sex? What are you talking about? Is that what... Man, that's crazy. Sex? Come on. Look, man, I'm engaged, so none of that. <laughs> Think about that. That that put me in trouble. Oh, my God. Oh, it was. Tyson, what a year for Tyson, though. And uh, it's uh, and they damn near made the They, they did. They, yeah. They, they almost made the playoffs. Dante gets hurt down in Carolina. They had traded Randy yeah. the, the, yeah. in that offseason. Dante gets hurt in Carolina, and Brad Johnson comes in, and they uh, they go to Baltimore. And uh, game fifteen, I think, mm-hmm. before they got eliminated, mm-hmm. right? They they had to win that night. In there was a home loss to Pittsburgh too. That really yeah. that really derailed stuff mm-hmm. too. But they yeah. won five or six in a row with Brad Johnson as their quarterback. How about one more quick one from Freddie? This is twenty seconds. He talks about how the love boat will live on. The boat will forever live on. The boat is a part of true Viking lure. The boat is a part of a partying decade. Dead boat would always be remembered. But you remember this. If you ever get on this boat, please don't turn on the black light. Please. (laughs) (laughs) I think that, uh, I think the first 15 seconds of that ought to be uh, captured and put on a button bar. Uh, We'll we'll be saving a lot of audio from that. In the video itself, the documentary, folks, if you haven't seen it yet, it's all over the place, but you need to watch it, Pat, because some of it is not arable, mm-hmm. and part of it when he's talking about... So the stuff we did run, was the arable part? Yes. This was the arable <laughs> yes. part? Because he wow. talks about his assistance with a few of the girls. Oh, That's absolutely okay. hysterical mm-hmm. that you have to watch. <laughs> Tip of the cap to Barstool Sports, because that was spectacular. All right. Man. We shall return. Johnny Hyde with a sports update. Johnny, you will be dismissed after this. We, uh, we don't that. need you at 5.30. We got Steve Rush. To hell with you. I'll listen. So, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure we're going to break your heart. I'll listen all the way home. Mm-hmm. This update sponsored by Indeed. Are you hiring? With Indeed, you can post a job in minutes, set up screener questions, then zero in on qualified candidates in an online dashboard. Get started at Indeed.com slash hire. 
Wolves in action tonight. They continue their West Coast swing. They play Portland tonight. Uh, actually, the uh, that West Coast swing continues tomorrow also when they play Golden State. Uh, tonight, it looks like Jimmy Butler will probably miss his third straight game. Coach Tom Thibodeau uh, said uh, that was the word he used was probably miss the game tonight. He's got the sore knee. And Jamal Crawford, who's missed the last two games with a sore toe, looks like he may be able to play according to Thibodeau. The Wild skated at their new practice facility in downtown St. Paul for the first time this morning. Wild aren't fully moved into the new facility, so they had to dress at the Excel Energy Center. And walk over? No, they took a bus a few blocks to the rink. It's located in the old Macy's building. Wild players, uh, for the most part, impressed with the ice and the setup. Uh, Now when Excel Energy Center is booked with concerts and that sort of thing, the Wild won't have to worry about practicing at St. Thomas Academy or Bramer Arena in Edina. Is it accessible to the public where they're going to... they have their uh, skates because the, from the design I saw, it looks like there's people you can walk in the skyway and see. Yeah, and go in. We don't know. It's that. the tree or rank of Treasure Island. What are they talking about? Treasure Island Center. That's what we're calling this place now. Yes, because Treasure Island's the corporate sponsor. That's okay. correct. The yeah. tree is the orthopedic the joint. Orthopedic yeah. outfit. So. The new facility is also being used by the Hamlin men's and women's team and yes. local, local high schools also uh, for mm-hmm. games. Mm-hmm. The Hamlin's got a locker room there, I think. Yep. Wild will play at Pittsburgh tomorrow night. And then take their all-star break. Yes. Which division are you betting on in the three-on-three contest there, Jenny? <laughs> the Norris. <laughs> the Norris. <laughs> Minnesota Twins relief pitcher Glenn Perkins today did officially confirm his expected retirement. Uh, Perkins announcing on Twitter he's done playing. He says he'll turn his focus to spending time with his family and continue cultivating his hobbies, including brewing beer, smoking meat, and woodworking. As he wrote, or the same things I have been doing just without the baseball part. <laughs> New Baseball Hall of Fame inductees will be named today, uh, oh, in about an hour or so. Uh, looks like one fellow with twins ties, Jim Tomey, will be one of the inductees. Of course, Jack Morris already voted in for this year's class by the Modern Era Baseball I committee. think uh, we might vote in five this year. Man, we're getting liberal in our old age. Are but, Clemens uh, and Bonds going to make it? Nope. Not again this year. Mm, That's the way it looks, anyway, by the guy who's putting out the ballots. So they actually lost a little steam, I guess. Oh, really? You know who I think is a slam dunk Hall of Famer who's not going to make it? Mm. Omar Vizquel. You do think he's a slam dunk? I don't care. He's a shortstop, man. He was as good as Ozzy. He was as good a shortstop as Ozzy. Yeah, How many gold gloves did he win? He won like 12 or 13 gold gloves. Yeah, too, well, didn't Ozzy didn't hit either. Ozzy was... Hey, he hits like me, Vizquel. Well, so does Ozzy, okay. though. Well, they hit about the same. Yeah. I mean, There's know. no question. He's He was a fantastic shortstop. I'm not questioning that mm-hmm. at all. Well, I'm not sure he's going to make it, but I vote for him. 11 gold gloves for Omar mm-hmm. Vizquel. Wow. Looks like the Vikings will interview uh, former Seattle Seahawks offensive coordinator Daryl Bevel for their vacant offensive coordinator spot. Uh, He should be familiar to Vikings fans. He worked under Brad Childress here in Minnesota from 2006 to 2010. Also made the dumbest call in the history of the Super Bowl. (laughs) Offensive coordinator when Seattle won the Super Bowl. That won't be a problem with the Vikings. That's true. That's a great great point. That's right. See those? When you go home tonight... Pick up little Leland and mm-hmm. hug him and say, you're never going to get to see him in the Super Bowl either. They'll never break your heart <laughs> in the Super Bowl, buddy. You'll never get to see him in the Super Bowl either, Leland. Don't worry. They'll never lose another Super Bowl again. No. Uh, Pat Last Sh- chance, Sunday. That was it. After excelling as the Vikings it's offense. never going to happen. <laughs> After excelling as the Vikings offensive coordinator, Pat Shermer, of course, getting his second head coaching job this month. 
Uh, he was the head coach of the Browns for two years, had a 9-23 and record. Uh, so and that's a bad. success in Cleveland. Not bad for yeah. the Brownies. Yep. Well, I bring this up because another former Browns head coach says he doesn't want to co- be a head coach again. Uh, Mike Pitino went 10-22 and 22 in his two-year tenure. Yeah. He's the new defensive coordinator for the Packers. He held a press conference today. All the Packer coaches did. He said he doesn't see the job as a stepping stone back up the ladder. He said he was beat up physically and mentally after those two years in Cleveland. Oh. Said it took him the better part of a year until I felt like I could smell smells and see colors. <laughs> That's, a pretty That's good. good. That is good. That is a good quote. He okay. said when he was head coach, he didn't enjoy the lack of interaction with the actual football part of it. Uh, he worked as a consultant last year for the Seahawks, said it served as a springboard for his interest in coaching again. There's a strong record as a defensive coordinator and more success in Green Bay. Uh, would put him back into the head coach talk, but like he said, he's not too sure he wants If to I coach. was an NFL coach getting a new job, I'd hire Fred Smoot as my coordinator <laughs> for entertainment and <laughs> team morale. That's what I'd do. I'd have the happiest team in America. He'd be man. the Wayne Hathaway of any <laughs> NFL team. <That's> right. <laughs> All right, Johnny, thank you. You bet. Steve Marsh has uh, penned, we used to say penned, a long, long piece for this month's edition of Minneapolis St. Paul Magazine on the great Sid Hartman. Uh, quite a reader and quite an opus, sir. How many words did that check in at? Steve, you got me? Hello? Where's Where's my guy, Steve? Hello? I think we dropped him. I'll, uh, why don't you set it up again and I'll try calling him right back. All righty. Wonder how we lost him. You got the number? You good, uh, Steve Marsh? Anyway, it's in this week's, uh, this month's Minneapolis St. Paul Magazine. I know Steve was working on the thing for a long time, and uh, it was, uh, you know, I I think I talked to him like three months ago, and the finished product is now there with the Minneapolis St. Paul Magazine. Steve, how many words did that baby check in at? I think it was like 5,500. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Uh, you worked on it for at least three months, right? Yeah, I think I, I think uh, we talked like in, was it like September? Yep. Well, yeah. uh, it's, uh, and, and sports is not really your main thing. And I think maybe that view of it uh, came in handy in this because it was, I wouldn't say it's all new to you, but it was different for you, right? Yeah, I mean, like, um, I guess, I mean, I love sports so much, and I've been listening to Sid and reading Sid for so long. But, um, yeah, it was, uh, I guess I'm not primarily a sports writer. Uh, well, uh, what did you, uh, what what surprised you about the great man? Did you, did you know he was cantankerous when you went in there? Uh, did, did you know what you're getting into at all? <laughs> yeah, I did. I, I was a little bit afraid. I was I was surprised that um, he got like he got so upset at Glenn Crevier uh, when I went in and gave him a chance to respond to a, a bunch of the stories that I heard, whether it's from you or to Russia or um, uh, 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 Eric Perkins told me a few off color stories. I have uh, an off color story about Chris Wolf that I didn't even run. There's so much stuff I didn't even run. But when I went back into the strip offices and gave him a chance to respond, and he seemed shocked, just shocked, that somebody would say that he told his colleagues uh, they would tell 
the, the, the different various sports teams in town not to give any information to his colleagues at the Star Tribune because he wanted to be the representative for the Star Tribune. I mean, that's one of the things we talked about. And then he was like, I've never done that. I've only helped young writers. And then we walked into Kirby's office and he's like, how would, how dare you ever say something I would, I would do that to, to writers or to, or, or to colleagues of, of mine here? And Glenn's like, Sid did that. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's uh, he's a different guy, but he's amazing. He will be 98 in March and still functioning. It's incredible. And he's still um, and he still like has the heart of a 15 year old fan. You know, yeah. like he lives and dies on every Gophers play. He lives and dies on every Vikings play. Like. I sat behind him after in the press conference at the Minneapolis Miracle, and he was like, well, I've never seen that before. Just one more game, and then we get the Patriots. <laughs> you know, it's just like, oh, man, you're going to get your heart broken worse than mine. Yeah, well, it is uh, it is kind of uh, – I'm sure he will get a chance to take some bows during the uh, Super Bowl. The NFL, you know, they all know him. Goodell, those guys all know him. They're letting him take some bows here. Uh, during the Super Bowl, and there's nothing Sid likes better than taking bows, uh, as you've discovered. The one great passage there, uh, which I enjoyed, has been retweeted often, is that the rest of us don't have a statue, and we don't have all these other things, and we're all jealous. And and uh, I think it's great that Sid feels that way, and I am not defensive about that at all. I uh, I, I love our rivalry and I've been a landslide loser because this the Sid form of sports journalism has taken over the town, which is uh, uh, let's be homers, and and he's the world champion at it. Yeah, the fan perspective is. Um, I mean, Sid was Sid was doing that a long time before Bill Simmons was. I will say though that uh, Sid does not write from a fan's perspective or go out information from a fan's perspective. He is he is all about sidling up to the owners and the management, even more than the players' side. I heard a lot of beef that certain players would have with him over the years. Um, some of them were a little too nervous to be in the record because they still perceive him as, as having power. And then I would say ever since like the late 90s and today, I think players uh, regard him as somewhat of a cartoon character, you know? But uh, not all of them. I mean, like, they do to some degree, but, like, Randy Moss embraced him. He, he would say derogatory things, but he always <laughs> talked to him. He always gave him uh, the information. Uh, it's he's, he's uh, it, it's unbelievable, and I'm, I'm glad you got a chance to uh, – Take a unique look at him. I was a little surprised that he's got anything to be mad about me at these days, but uh, it, oh sounds, it sounds like he's uh, he didn't he pretends he doesn't know the fifteen Sid rules because they've been around since Suture and I came up with them in the eighties, the mid eighties. So yeah, it, he was so upset at the fantastic story that I I didn't include uh, about. Um, uh, Lou Holtz, this is my fit impression. Oh, these, uh, oh, go first, you know. Picking up Chad at the airport, which I've told yeah. many times, and Chad, you know who my source was, Chad! Yeah, that's the thing, I went back to Chad, and I said, Chad, uh, could you kind of corroborate the story with you? And he was like, yeah, you got it 100% right. <laughs> I, I think, I think it's interesting that from, from Chad's perspective, 
is that he thinks maybe he, he is in more in line with kind of the racy philosophy of things rather than his own father. A little bit skeptical. Somewhat, he pokes fun at this stuff. Like he uh, he has more of a jaded kind of perspective than his dad's kind of real politic fan kind of number one fan uh, philosophy. Well, Steve, can you fathom, however, that a guy who broke fell his broke his hip in December of uh, 2016 at age 96, and two and a half weeks later he was at PGA Flex press conference, and he now uses that walker as a weapon to get into the locker. I mean, this is <laughs> what he is is he's a phenomenon of nature. There's nothing. There's never been anything like it in sports journalism. I mean, he has a will to live and a will to dominate and a will to power that I have never seen before. I mean, if you have to, if you're so uh, upset and angry that you have to give me, and you have statues of yourself up around town, but you have to give me your resume and tell me that everybody's jealous of you, it's because I think he's still as insecure as he was back in the Depression when he was sharing the house with uh, with his neighbors in 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 on the north side, like this guy. Oh yeah, there's, uh, that's the one great. Never going to be good enough for him, you know. That's the one great thing about Sid is he's is in, he's you know he's rich. He's a one name celebrity. He's a national phenomenon. Uh, he'll get more pub, but he's insecure as hell. Yeah, he's, 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 and Chad Hartman maybe said it best. He, this guy, he is still tickled to death at being invited by Bud Grant to, to go out to dinner, yeah. at, uh, meeting with, with Jim Pollard, uh, at, at getting invited, uh, at getting honored at a Twins game. Like, he, um, he, he, he loves that stuff. He lives for that stuff. He lives for access. And um, like you said, like, he broke a hip, and he, he couldn't get back to P.J. Flex press conference. So he, he was like... Like he's Rocky rehabbing. Like he, just needs, he needs he needs the access. He needs the action. He needs to feel like he's on top. And he still feels like I mean, it was kind of almost um, touching to say like, well, what does he say about me? Uh, well, I thought we were friends, but I think he's a. Uh, we have different ideas about columns, and then he to be like, what did what did what did Chad say about me? I bet you, I bet you it was a bunch of bad stuff. <laughs> I don't know what he was, but he's an interesting character. It's a great piece, Steve. Uh, Thank you. Yeah, thanks for reading, man. I really appreciate it. All right, Steve Marsh, a big, long piece on Sid and uh, this month's MSP magazine. Doesn't cast all of us in the most favorable light with Sidney, but that's okay. It's it's, uh, this, this this guy deserves everything that's written about him now. At, because he's still going at age 97. It's unbelievable. Quiet, please. We'll be on the air. And now, this day in history.
shall never surrender. And if, which I do not for a moment believe, this island or a large part of it were subjugated and starving, then our empire beyond the seas, armed and guarded by the British fleet, would carry on the struggle until in God's good time the new world with all its power and might steps forth to the rescue and the liberation of the old. Winston Churchill's famous speech, uh, basically uh, you can uh, see the uh, darkest hour right now and hear that uh, speech repeated. And uh, we've been, we had a lot of Winnie the, in the recent months because Dunkirk also has a lot of uh, Winston Churchill in yes. it. And The Darkest Hour is basically based on uh, on Winston Churchill. It's a Winston Churchill biography more than anything. On this day in 1965, January 24th, 1965, Winston Churchill died at age 90. Uh, and uh, he was 18, born in 1874. He fought in the uh, Boer Wars and uh, was uh, a, a famous in, in 1915, the second year of the World War One. Churchill was held responsible for the disastrous uh, Gallipoli campaign, and he was excluded from the war coalition government uh, for a while. But he made his uh, big comeback, and uh, it was his. He was the inspirational force that uh, allowed Britain to hang in there when they were getting bombed during the Blitz, waiting for the U.S. to come over and help them out, and that finally happened. But Winston Churchill, uh, one of the great uh, men of the previous century, for sure, died on January 24th, 1965.